Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Birth Stories in Color. Um, it's your lucky day today. You have both Danielle and I in the studio. Hello. Yay. I think the last time we were together was the first episode. So it this was. is pretty exciting. But today's episode features Che Pounds. And for Che, her birth was planned and began as a home birth. However, due to baby's heart rate throughout labor, she had to be transferred to hospital. They soon found out that baby had flipped from head down and down to breech. And for those who are listening, if you aren't really familiar with that term, Che's baby was now positioned feet first to be delivered. These days, it is rare to hear of babies being born breech vaginally and especially in the hospital and without medication. So with that being said, hello, Shay. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, we are excited to hear your story today. I think um, this is really going to be not only informative for me, um, but I think um, all of our listeners might really find some valuable information and, and thoughts around your story today. But can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes, um, I'm Shay. I am 25. I just had my 25th birthday. Um, I am a mom of two, Kari, who is six, and Mezzi, who just made nine months. Um, I'm married to the awesome Mensa Pounds, um, and we're the Pounds people. Um, that, that's our hashtag, hashtag Pounds people. Remember that. Right. Um, I am a professional birth, birth worker, commonly known as a doula. I'm also a student midwife, um, and we live here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes, to New Orleans. Hello to all my New Orleans family. Um, So just so listeners know, in case Mezzi wakes up, she is with um, Shay. So she is with us in the studio, just in case she wakes up and wants to make herself known. (laughs) Um, So you are a doula, which is awesome because that's all three of us are doulas. Can you talk a little bit about, um, I know in us talking personally, you did say that you started that journey before having Mezzi. Was there any part of that that um, influenced your preparation for her birth? Um, yes, me being a doula definitely influenced uh, my birth. I knew that I wanted something different um, than what we commonly see, like in the movies and, you know, people knocking down trees and screaming. That's a scene from Baby Mama. <laughs> I knew that I wanted something peaceful and you know, something um, dreamy with the candles lit and all of that. I knew that that's what I wanted Um, just because we don't necessarily get that experience in the hospital. So I knew that just from my experience being as a doula, that home birth was the best option for me and my family. Got it. Um, With that being said, I I did jump ahead a little bit. I'm assuming the same preparation went in for your pregnancy once you found out you were pregnant. How did you um, prepare for that, and what did your pregnancy look like? Well, we had a planned pregnancy, so, you know, we were actively trying to get pregnant. And um, I actually remember the day that I found out I was pregnant, I was still kind of in shock. Like, oh, my God, I'm actually pregnant. Like, (laughs) so I wasn't. Uh, as much as I was expecting it, I wasn't expecting it. So I feel like it kind of 
took me back a little bit. So even with me being a birth worker, I was still kind of like, what? Like, you know, <laughs> talk about the situation. But um, with my pregnancy, I knew from the information with me being a birth worker that, you know, to eat the right things, to, you know, quote unquote, exercise and, you know, do all the stuff that we're supposed to do and make sure my husband rub my feet and cook the food because all of that is nothing that we're supposed to do while we're pregnant. So you did mention you wanted to do a home birth. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what preparation for a home birth look like? Because so, many, I think many of our listeners already know what hospital births can sometimes look like, but what does preparation for a home birth entail? Um, well, I had dual care, so I actually had a home birth midwife and I had a hospital midwife, which some people don't necessarily do, but I did want to do that just for... I don't know, purposes of whatever could arise, some things they can detect in the hospital that they can't necessarily detect at home. So that is something about my home birth that is um, different. But a home birth preparation, I feel like, is very similar to the hospital. I still did um, a prenatal every four weeks at the beginning of my pregnancy, and then every two weeks, and then once a week. And I did that thing. I still got my blood pressure checked. Um, But the difference in between my home birth midwife was she was way more personal. I got to know her. She became a great friend. She um, I felt like she was there for me. You know, she helped me make, um, you know, huge decisions. Um, Also with the home birth, we had to, um, you know, buy things to prepare for the home birth. So different types of supplies like that they would normally supply you in the hospital so like chucks pads and stuff like that um some people call them the birthday panties but the big (laughs) white mesh things that i didn't know that you could buy online but if you're planning a home birth you can definitely buy those online so that was probably the biggest difference in my birthing experience was having to buy things that the hospital usually have um but i feel like it was It was just the same, just with less drama. I didn't have to check into an office. I didn't have to leave because my home birth midwife came to me. So I never had to leave my house. My family was always there at my prenatal appointments because it was at home. So people would just come over. My mom lives in Memphis. So she would come down for the appointments and, you know, she would be there too. And it was always a family experience. My baby, well, my bigger baby now, my six-year-old, he got to be there. He got to um, use the Doppler and listen to my belly and listen to the heartbeat, which was his favorite part. He, You know, he got to put the blood pressure cuff on sometimes. So that was, it was great in that, that it was a family affair and my entire family could be involved and very hands-on in the experience, which is definitely what I wanted. Okay. Right. Shay, I want to ask you, as you were talking about your different midwives, in Louisiana, what are the midwifery laws like? Are certified nurse midwives doing home births? Are they the certified professional midwives? In the state of Louisiana, certified nurse midwives are only permitted to work in the hospitals. 
So my home birth midwife was actually a professional midwife or a traditional birthing attendant that works at home. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's similar to all that. But my midwife in the hospital was a nurse midwife. Okay. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. And something you talk a little bit about is the the difference, and I think the biggest difference is just how involved your family got to be throughout the process. So having Kari be able to use the Doppler and be a part of that process, um, I know we talked we talked a little bit. And you just said how great of a bond he and Mezzi have, and I think that's also part of it because yes. he was very much a part of what her birth. Um, the preparation for her birth. And and I don't think when you're in a hospital setting, you really get to be that intimate. um, Or families don't get to be that intimate with the process. Right. So tell us about your birth. Um, I always share this first part of my birth story because I think it's hilarious. But we were in Target and we were actually buying um, sheets, And just, I don't know, baby stuff, whatever. Just trying to find time to fill my time. I was um, like 37 weeks and two days pregnant. But we were in Target and I started having contractions. And they started coming like very regular in Target. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to have my baby. So I'm like, we got started. We we ended up um, like leaving half the items because I did not want to be that person in the movies who like water breaks in target and now like it's a whole scene you know (laughs) so i definitely was like waddling through target's parking lot and it seemed i always got dropped off at the door but today it seemed like he had parked way in the back so i'm like waddling you know waddling through the parking lot trying to get to the car and i remember the lady like are you okay and i'm like i'm in labor you know so this whole thing and it, it was it was absolutely hilarious but um so i remember calling the midwife on the way my husband was like speeding home and it was it was i was like this is exactly what i did not want so it was you know it, but it was so funny looking back on it and we called the midwife and she's like well you know okay i'll come on over so the contractions were happening like 10 minutes apart and then it was like a whole day and nothing happened. And then I lost a little bit of my mucus plug and I'm like, oh, great. So I'm really in labor now. And um, a few days went by and there was still no baby. So it was like, well, OK, there's it was just practice. You know, she's obviously being a drama queen. So, you know, we'll just wait it out. And I actually continued to have contractions until I went into labor. There's something called prodromal labor, Mm -hmm. which I do think that I maybe have suffered a little bit from. Maybe not completely, but definitely some. So that happened for two weeks. And then 39 weeks and four days, um, I remember asking my midwife's daughter, when is my baby going to come? And she said, (laughs) when you poop, when you poop, poop. And I was like okay, that's a very strange answer. But I remember waking up in the middle of the night, I had to go to the bathroom and I started to poop. And I remember crying like, oh my gosh, you said I was going to have my baby when I poop. And it became a whole thing again. And I was like, this already happened. And then I looked down and 
my mucus plug was on the tissue. So I was like, no, something's wrong. I already lost my mucus plug. And, you know, crying. And my husband was up and he's like, it's okay. You're okay. Just calm down. Just come back to bed. You'll be fine. And this was like maybe at one in the morning. So I go and I get back in the bed and I could not sleep. I stayed up on the side of the bed and I was just tapping, 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 tapping the entire night. And I I don't know if my husband slept through that noise or not, but I remember at 5 a.m. And I specifically remember it being 5 a.m. And I told him, I said, I don't want you to go to work today because today I feel different. I said, this doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. the other times, but today I feel different. And he said, I already called off. And I was like, okay, look at you okay. out here. <laughs> okay, okay, well, I think you get two points for that. <laughs> so the day, the day kind of breaks, and I, I remember the day breaking, and he's like, so do you want me to call your midwife? And I was like, um, no, because, you know, we kind of already did this. The contractions will stop soon. You know, it's I'm, I'm okay. So against my wishes, he called her, and she shows up. And she takes my blood pressure and she listens to the heart rate. And she's like, oh, we're definitely in labor. She was a very mild tone, very sweet. She's like, we're definitely getting some good labor. So she's like, I'm going to go home and, you know, get everything together. And then I'll be back. I said, "Okay." And she said, keep drinking your juice. If you want to eat, this would be a great time to eat something. So you'll have some energy or whatever. I don't remember eating anything, but apparently my husband made me eggs. So um, I had eggs and um, some coconut water and honey, and it was great. And this is what I wanted, and it was perfect. And I remember just like piddling around the house, and I would go from the living room, and we had a, a we have a chase lounge in our living room where I slept half of my pregnancy, by the way. So I would lay on the chase lounge, and then I would get uncomfortable, so I would stand up and then kind of roll around on the birth ball and kind of get up and walk walk my way back to the room and the house was like so quiet like everybody knew what was happening you know there it wasn't any drama the lights were out it wasn't like a whole big scene I remember it being the middle of the day and it was beautiful outside it was a sunny day and you know I just kind of labored around labored around mm-hmm. and then later that evening I'm not sure at this point what time it was but my midwife makes her way back and she checks my heart rate and she's like, hmm, your your heart rate is kind of high. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but that's that may be OK. It was kind of high the other day. So maybe it's just the stress from, you know, your target experience. Right. So right. we didn't think anything of it. And then she checked the heart tones and you could hear the and the kind of a cell is what they call it. So you could kind of hear the abnormality and. For you to have one or two is, it can be normal, um, but we had maybe about four, and then that's definitely abnormal and it's stress. So after she heard that third D-cell, as she recalls it to me, because this I don't remember, she says, do you hear that? And I was like, yeah, she's like, that's a D-cell, and we're going to have to transfer to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I don't 
quite remember that conversation, mm-hmm. but I definitely remember going, oh my God, I don't <laughs> want to go to the hospital. I don't want to go. And, you know, it being this whole episode again, yeah. and, you know, having to go to the hospital. And I was in my bedroom sitting on the floor on the side of the bed. And she left out. She says, I'm going to give you and your husband a minute. So he comes in and he's um, he's sitting there. And he's like, look. I know that you wanted to have a home birth. And he said, you are having a home birth. This is a home birth and you're doing it and you're doing great. He's like, but we have to make sure the baby's okay. Right. And he's right. like, you know, you're fine. You're perfect. You're, he was he was a great doula, okay? He was, <laughs> that was my exact thought. Taught well. <laughs> I taught him well. He, was, he did an awesome job. So, um, and I remember my midwife like peeping her head and like, okay, guys, you've been in here a while. We have to get up and go. So that kind of let me know, like, it's an emergency situation. Right, right. So we probably should get up and go. So he gets my big birth ball and my my bag wasn't packed because we were at home. So we kind of like, you know, throwing stuff together, you know, to go to the hospital. And we finally get everything packed. And I remember um, the streets in New Orleans are raggedy. OK, maybe that's like a United States problem. But here in New Orleans, it's a terrible thing. So I remember like riding like. Do, 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 uh, you know, in the car, there was a worse part. Oh my God. And I had this fear of having my baby in the car from riding on the New Orleans streets. So now this was all coming true and I was scared. And it was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I, right, right. What I didn't want to happen. But we finally made it to the emergency room and the lady says, when's your birthday? And um, my husband says, it's January 29th. And I said, it's not. My birthday is January 28th. <laughs> and she's like, okay. She said, do you have a, you know, a practitioner? Who's your, you know, she's asking me all these questions. And I'm like, lady, I am having a baby. I'm like, at least can I get a wheelchair? I was literally standing in the window. I'm like, can I at least get a wheelchair? Help right, me help right. myself, you know? <laughs> So the security guard like wheels over the wheelchair. They take me to the back to triage and my husband is standing in the window. So um, I remember being in triage and the lady, um, they send a nurse in and, and she's like, we have to check you now to make sure that you're in labor. And I was like, oh, no, I haven't been checked my entire pregnancy. Like, you know, no, that's okay. And they sent about four nurses in. Like, they sent all these people in. And I'm like, no, my husband is still in the lobby. Go get him. Go go get him. So they bring him back finally. And I remember asking for a bedpan because I had to pee. So when he came back there, I was sitting on top of a bedpan. Nobody had helped me. I'm crying. And I'm like, nothing's even wrong with my baby. Look at the monitor. It's fine it's fine he's like well actually it's your blood pressure is still spiking and i'm like it's spiking because i'm here in the hospital (laughs) (laughs) so he's like that's okay and he he, i remember him taking the bedpan and Hmm. you know and he's like look just let them check you so you can so go to the back and you can have your baby you know and you're you're fine just relax so after my husband saying something, I finally let them check me. And I remember it being this beautiful black lady. I wish I knew her name, but she was beautiful. She had these long golden brown dreads and she was absolutely beautiful. I felt way more comfortable with her checking me. So I let her check me and she's like, oh, you're seven centimeters. You earned your way down the hall. You know, <laughs> 
so um, they wheeled me back in the bed. And when you're with the midwives at my hospital, they take you to the midwife suite. So it was a huge room and it had a tub in the room and I was going to get in the tub and I was at least going to have the water birth. Right. That's right. right. And my midwife comes in and she's asking me all of these questions. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. I don't even remember what she said. And I'm signing paperwork and I'm like, I don't know what any of this says, but OK. And all the time I'm having contractions and she's like, well, as a hospital precaution, she says, I know you don't want to be checked. But for you to get into the water, then we have to check you again. And I said, okay. At this point, I gave in because at least I'm going to get in the water and deliver my own baby. Mm -hmm. And she sticks her hand up there. She's like, wait. And I'm like, ah, ah. And she's like, oh, my God, we got to get an ultrasound taken here right now because this baby is breached. And I was like, girl, you are lying. My baby is not breached. (laughs) And she's like, no. So they bring the ultrasound in and, you know, they ultrasound me and I look up and it was a butt, like full blown baby butt on the screen. And I think I was in shock. My husband was in shock. Like everybody was in shock because Mm -hmm. my baby had been head down for weeks. Mm -hmm. So for us to look up and see a butt. I knew because I'm a birth worker and I just I knew that this was going to go very bad very quickly. The next thing I know, the suite had flooded with people. It was people everywhere. And they were like, call this person, do this, do that. Dad, you got to put this on. We go into the operating room. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Operating room? That sounds like a C-section. And that's not happening today. Mm -hmm. And the lady was like, well, ma'am, you got to breach baby. That's the only way this baby coming out. I said, no. That's not the only way this baby coming out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This baby coming out one way and it ain't through no C-section. I have a um, family history um, where my grandmother is allergic to anesthesia. So it's very risky to put us through surgery. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I don't want to risk it. You know, I'm pregnant. Like I cannot risk it. And the doctor who was on staff actually was trained by the top specialist in the state mm. of breached babies. And she was there. So and the, my midwife was like, well, Dr. So-and-so is here. She specializes in breach. It's OK. Everybody just stay calm. It's OK. And she was like, we still have to take you to the operating room just in case something goes wrong and we have to do a crash C-section. So that I agreed to. I said, okay. And she said, I remember my hospital midwife looking at me and was like, look, if you're going to push this baby out, you're going to have to push this baby out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to push this baby out. Then I remember my hospital my home birth midwife had came with us, but she had went to the car and she came back and she's like, what's going on? And the lady was like, the baby is breached. And she was like, what? The baby is breached. Oh my God. And I'm like, my baby's breached. And I, I, I freaked out at that point. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it was a panic, but we get to the operating room. They're trying to put the oxygen on my face. Funny. I kept telling them I can't breathe. I can't breathe. But it was because the oxygen was on my face and all I had to do was just Breathe. <laughs> so we get to the operating room and I feel like it was so many people and the lights were on and I had my husband to the left and the hospital midwife to the right and the two OBs and uh, OB tech and nurses 
uh, were all at the bottom of me and everybody was shouting commands and telling me what to do. And I'm like, okay, mm. everybody just stop, stop, stop. I cannot think. Like, if you mm-hmm. give me a chance, I can do it. And the lady who specializes in the um, breach delivery was a, a black lady. And she's like, okay, here's what I need you to do. I said, give me the directions one more time. Mm-hmm. And she told me again, she said, you hold your feet and you got to bear down with all you got. I said, okay. So I remember, you know, bearing down, pushing, pushing. They didn't count or anything. They, they did let me do it at my own pace, which I appreciated. And I remember like feeling like half the body out. And, and I remember her saying, we got a foot. And then I remember pushing again and she's like, we got another foot. You're doing it, mama. Keep going, keep going. And I remember pushing, pushing, pushing. And we got right up to the head. And she's like, we can't get this head out, mama. She's like, we're going to have to give you an episiotomy. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, no, you can't cut me. You can't Mm -hmm. cut me. So that next contraction came. And I remember pushing down with all of my might. And then I heard like this splash, like, And then I looked up and there was this like gangly body just hanging in the air and they whisked her off and she was gone. And and the next thing I know, you, you know, we're trying to do the placenta and the placenta's coming out. And that was it. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was kind of in shock. And I remember turning to my midwife and saying, can I see my baby? Because mm-hmm. I thought something was wrong, you know, because she was a, a breach, you know. And I remember looking up and my husband was holding this little white towel wrapped in his hands. And he was like dancing in the operating room (laughs) and singing. And my midwife was like, Dad, um, mom wants to see her baby. (laughs) And he's like, okay, you know, like, okay, I guess she can see the baby. And he brings her over and I look down and I was like, oh, my God. And I kind of, I had a panic attack right there. And I was like, oh my God, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. So they're back with the oxygen. And I'm instead of pulling it off, telling them that I can't breathe. But she looked exactly like me. Like her face was literally my face on a Mm -hmm. little face. Mm -hmm. And when I saw her for the first time, it scared me because, you know, this is, I'm sorry, I'm kind of tearing up a bit. (laughs) You know, this is my baby. And she looks exactly like me. And she came butt first. And I was like, I was like in shock from the whole experience. And then they whisked us back to the room. Apparently, all of this chaos only took about 12 minutes. So I wasn't pushing a super long time. And Mezzy Magic Safia was born. She was a whopping four pounds, eight ounces. Um, and she was born at 11.53 p.m. So right before midnight. Um, so I stayed in labor maybe about a full day. And she, you know, we got back to the room. She latched on. We did skin to skin. And it was mm-hmm. still beautiful in its own right. right. And I right. tell people, you know, she's just, it was just her personality. She's a diva. She <laughs> wanted, I wanted one thing. And she's like, girl, no, I wanted something else. Okay. You know, she made it happen. And so I was a natural vaginal breach birth in the hospital, which is very rare. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking the nurse, you know, how often does this happen? And she was like, maybe about three times in a year. Mm -hmm. So it's actually very rare for um, a breech baby to be born vaginally. That's absolutely amazing. Um, That really is amazing. And I mean, it is, it's very rare for babies to be born 
breach overall, but um, especially in hospitals. And, you know, like you describe in your story, as as soon as, you know, hospital staff or care providers see that baby is breached, they're like, all right, C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's great because you had the knowledge and you, you, you had the willpower to be like, um, no, that's actually not the only way. Um, there is a plan B to this. I can yes. birth my baby vaginally if you give me the tools and the support to make that happen, mm-hmm. um, which is rarely the case. Um, where yeah. we are not taught, but influenced, conditioned. yeah, conditioned yeah. to be yeah. scared of that. Yeah, to be yeah. scared um, of that possibility. So, uh, you know, anybody is like, if your baby's breech, definitely having a c-section right what an amazing opportunity too for you to have the support you had and who would have known that that doctor would have been there that day and we say that the stars were just all aligned because mezzy just wanted to do what she wanted to do um with my medical history and me not wanting to take that risk because I very well could have said, Yeah, okay, give me the C section and then the doctor who specializes in breech birth being there that night, like it was well past the time that doctors are you know, normally there. And she's not a regular OB, she's a specialist, so she very well could have, you know, left for the day. So it was um it was a very great, it was very empowering, Mm -hmm. empowering to, you know, be able to take charge and say, this is what I want. I know what I want and to make it happen. Even at the last second when she's like, you know, I think we're going to have to cut you. And I'm like, Oh no, no, ma'am. You know, this baby's head is coming out. So it's definitely an illustration of just the power of no. Um, and many, as many times as you say yes to certain things, your no's were so powerful, and it's what carries your story. Your birth story is, like, wrapped up in that no, like, this is not what I'm doing. And that's very difficult because sometimes the, the staff or even your family, even yourself, you start to feel a little bit of that fear and saying, you know, let me just go with the flow because I don't want something to happen. And that you were yeah. able to kind of still keep your head, you know, even when you feel like you kind of didn't know you had your head. <laughs> Which <laughs> you did. <laughs> so let, let's try something else first. Right, right. Um, and something else I think about in the early stages of your birth story about losing your mucus pug um, and about having prodromal labor is that many people think, you know, based off of TV. And I mean, you even said for a second you were in Target like this is it. This is about to happen. Yes. <laughs> and that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes, you know, you lose your mucus plug and you're still laboring for another week um, or you have prodromal labor, which can give you all those signs and symptoms that you are in labor, but you're actually not. So really being patient with your body. Um, and with your baby. Um, and like you said, both you and your husband did come to a point where you both realized, like, no, this is different. Like, this feels different. Yes. Um, yes. This isn't what we've been doing these past couple of days. Um, so you have to be very in tune with what's happening. Mm-hmm. And people kept saying, you know, when it's time, you'll know. When it's time, you'll know. And I was like, okay. But when it was time, I did know. And for that that part i will say that people were very much so correct yeah yeah and i i definitely felt different and even he knew like okay let me call off work right (laughs) (laughs) so we definitely knew can you tell us a little bit about your postpartum 
very, I think, different than what most people normally experience. I count postpartum in days, not weeks, which most um, in Western culture, we say six weeks postpartum. Um, I counted 40 days and I called it the 40 days of rest. Mm -hmm. So for 40 days, I did absolutely nothing, not one single thing. All I did was breastfeed my baby. That's Mm -hmm. it. I breastfed my baby. I went and took a shower. That's literally all I did. And I feel like, you know, in 2018, we rush moms to get back to work to, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to take care of your other kids. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, boom, boom, boom. But my support system was absolutely awesome to allow me a literal 40 days to do nothing. And I remember at like day 28, just being bored out of my mind because I had nothing to do. I had never read Harry Potter before. So I had read like three Harry Potter books (laughs) over, um, you know, the immediate postpartum period. Um, And I read them to my baby because it was just me and her. My husband would come in, And during the earlier part of the day, I was by myself, but he would work because he worked half the day. So he would come in, feed me breakfast, literally feed me, you know, spoon to the mouth because I'm nursing a baby. So I don't got time to be lifting no fork, (laughs) you know, so he would literally feed me. And then, um, you know, he would leave for work and he would leave snacks right by the bed. So there would always be fruit and peanut butter crackers and, you know, all types of things. Right by, so I never had to do anything. And he would come home and he would cook me, uh, you know, a bigger snack and he would cook dinner, and that was it. And, um, my six year old, it was my baby was born in June, and my family are, um, educators. So my mother in law actually took my six year old for a week and a half to Wisconsin. So it was just me and my husband and the new baby. Um, And again, that goes back to having that support system there to where, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have to run after. Well, he was five at the time. I didn't have to run after my five year old and make sure he was okay and got in the tub. And, you know, how was your day? I didn't have to do that um, because my support system was awesome. And somebody took care of, you know, them. Somebody took care of me and I was able to take care of my baby. Right. And it was it was great. It was it was beautiful. That was probably the best part of everything yeah so really really great yeah i love that you brought up not counting in weeks but rather 40 days there's a great book and it's slipping my mind right now that i bought um that talks about looking at postpartum in 40 days if i can when i get home i'll i'll look it up and definitely put it in the show notes but it talks about that and about meals to have and how people can support you through that um and literally that you know the birthing person should not be doing anything mm-hmm. but nursing eating sleeping having people you know actually feed them um i may be putting that in my own postpartum, postpartum plan, plan. <laughs> <laughs> definitely should well is there anything else that you want to share with listeners that you think they should know resources advice anything else from your birth advice that i would give is just like when we buy a house And we, you know, research all the houses in their neighborhood. We research the schools. Where's the closest police department? Where's the closest fire department? We should do the same thing with 
our pregnancies. Um, so even though my baby was breached, I still had a hospital to go to. I still had somebody on call at the hospital staff just in the event that something happened. And I knew what a breach was. I knew what an episiotomy was. And I feel like even if I wasn't a birth worker, I still would have done those things and had have had those tools. So that would be my advice to know what's going on not to you, but within you, you know, because that's, it's something that's happening within you. And when we know things, we can be empowered in our decision-making. So having that knowledge, and now Mezzi is awake. So having that knowledge helps us to be more empowered. And that does give us the courage to say no and refuse what we don't want. And um, I would also say, don't be afraid of having a home birth. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's awesome. And I tell people, I still had a successful home birth because in a successful home birth, if you transfer to the hospital, that's what home birth is. To be able to transfer in the event of an emergency, having a baby is a natural, normal process until it's not. So I had a successful home birth story. And you know, I like telling it to people and resources. Um, SisterMidwife.com, of course, is a great resource. Um, your local WIC offices and all the breastfeeding information that they have to offer um, is a great resource. La Leche League, like all of those things are great resources for breastfeeding and lactation consultants. People don't know, but um, some lactation consultants you can file with your insurance. And so for what you pay for them, okay, thank you. For what you pay for them, you can actually um, get the money back depending on what state that you're in. So definitely utilize all of those resources. And thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm really excited for our listeners to hear this. So so thank you for that. And it, it also, you know, I'm left with, natural you know home births are natural normal process until it's not um Mm -hmm. and i'm currently um i don't know if i've actually told our listeners but i'm (laughs) 34 weeks pregnant with my second and so we are actually um planning a home birth and so this really (laughs) this really i think was helpful for me and why i was so excited to hear this story um because it gives me some things to think about but I, I am left, you know, with that, that even if there is a transfer to hospital, like you're still successful in your home birth um, and, yes, and you make the choices, so. you know, like we tell our clients, make the choice that's best for you and baby. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, and it was a pleasure to meet you. Same. Thank you all for having me. And if there are breach mamas, I know I'm sorry we're talking about resources, but <laughs> okay. breach mamas who just need some encouragement or I don't I don't know anything. They can feel free to reach out to me. Perfect. I'll be more than happy to talk to a breach mama. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jay. You're welcome. Right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, go to lgdoula.com.